0: Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. We share information about every component of your home. You'll learn about tile, appliances, cabinetry, paint, flooring, lighting. We cover it all. Well, if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I switched from the date to episode and season. So this is Season 5, episode 30. Now, if you go back to my other ones, I've really messed up the number, so don't count on it. I'm great at kitchen design, but not so great at numbering my episodes. This is terrible. Well, guess what we're going to do today? We are going to talk about uh, kitchens, kitchen islands, actually. And Jason Miller, who is my co-host for these four the series of four for the do-it-yourselfers and for people who are remodeling their kitchen, and I keep saying people should know as much as they can when they remodel. Yes, you can get a contractor. He'll know everything, but... Don't trust everything he says. You've got to do some research yourself, because you don't want the job to be finished, and then you ask questions about, why'd you do this? How come this? What about this? Do your research. Know what he's talking about when he talks to you um, in kitchen language. I want to get Jason first on here. Jason is a kitchen designer. He's got 10 years of experience. And you know what? I think I'm going to have Jason talk about himself this time. Hey, Jason. Thanks a lot for joining me again for part two.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I've I've been in the business for about 10 years. Um, I actually started in finance. um, But um, a couple years ago, um, I would come home stressed from a long day in the office. And my wife said, we can't have you decompressing from stress for three hours. So she put me back in school. Um, went through um, the interior design program um, and ended up graduating. My background's in lighting, that's where I originally started, but then I made the shift and move into um, kitchen and bath design. Um, Last year, um, I had the privilege of winning the national um, contest from um, Signature Kitchen Suite, um, in which my kitchen will be uh, featured in an upcoming edition of Architectural Digest. Um, as well as early this year, I was uh, named top 40 under 40 in the nation by Pro magazine. Magazine. Um, and so over the last couple of years, and um, I've worked really hard to kind of see how um, I can be able to better the lives of, um, of others by giving them spaces that work for them.
0: And with all that, you still have three lovely children and a beautiful yes. wife
1: yes we uh, we are blessed to have three kids all of them are under the age of eight and so with that we have soccer and ballet and dance and just imagine um the the support that i get from my wife so we're mm-hmm. we're kind of always on the go
0: so you're doing ballet I'm not doing ballet.
1: <laughs> um, my five-year-old daughter uh, wants to do ballet. Uh, there's a class over here in the East Valley that she loves. Um, it's more like a pop jazz um, kind of event, but she she spins and twirls all around the house. So we're excited to kind of get back into to the routines of the daily um, aspects of of driving kids to events. So well,
0: good. Well, I'm just going to go over real quickly what we talked about in part one. As I said before, we're trying to not make everybody a kitchen designer, but just be familiar with what's necessary when you remodel your kitchen, the uh, nomenclature that we use, and the simple things that you really should know. So, we talked about um, the size of the kitchen and how to make it more efficient. Let's see, we talked about appliances, um, how to control traffic flow, how to plan, and this is important, but most everybody has a corner in their kitchen and either you love or hate the corners, blind corners or Lazy Susans or whatever. We talked about that. Uh, Sinks, heights of wall cabinets, construction. And now we're going to talk about an island. Most people want an island, right, Jason? Do you find that?
1: I do. I do. Some type of, um, of experience or, or place that people can be able to function, prep, and, and work on. So islands are one of the top things that people do request.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason, too, is it's so efficient. You can walk around the island. You're not going to get bottlenecking like you do in a U-shaped kitchen. And there are so many uses for an island. And to begin with, if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you want an island, because a lot of people don't know how big the island should be, so we're going to walk you through all this stuff. So number one, if you think you could work with an island, don't oversize or undersize. Did you ever do a kitchen, Jason, where the people are hesitant about an island, Matter of fact, when I, I love islands, but when they first started being used in the kitchen oh, many, many, many years ago, this woman had a U-shaped kitchen, and I said it would be more efficient if you just cut the peninsula off, and that's the piece that juts out from the wall to make it a U-shaped kitchen, and then you can eat on one side and the other side faces the kitchen. She was so hesitant, I said to her, get a cardboard box and put it in the middle of your kitchen, and she didn't like the idea of an island. Finally, I talked her into it, and she loved it. So it's like I said, it's a love-hate. Nowadays, almost every kitchen you see in a magazine has an island, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's because of the the kitchen being the heart of the home. Um, sometimes peninsulas work, but having that single... Um, center piece of that kitchen makes things so much more easier for families to be able to enjoy.
0: So when I said don't oversize or undersize, actually, I'm going to throw this at you. When you have a long island and you have, say, your perimeter wall or your main wall against the outside wall of the house, and maybe you have a sink, dishwasher, whatever, and then you have a long island you're creating a galley kitchen which we were talking about it's one of the most efficient layouts you can get so Mm -hmm. you can you can get an island that is too tiny and it it really isn't functional or you can get an oversized island and not make it proportional to your kitchen right
1: yeah i think that's one of the key points in in kitchen kind of layout is, number one, is it going to hinder your ability to be able to function properly? So if you end up doing a 36-inch island in a 10-foot kitchen, obviously that is a huge undersized island.
0: That's what we call a puny island.
1: Yeah, and I think in in the grand scheme of things, making sure that, that that island spans somewhat close to the size of that kitchen is the best Um, kind of thoughts in, in, in functionality and perspective.
0: So basically what you can do if you are going to do this yourself is take some blue tape and mark 42 inches from the front of the kitchen countertop that you have and put the tape on the floor so that you're starting to outline what an island would be in your kitchen. Right.
1: That's exactly what I do in all my meetings is I talk to the client and say, okay, to visualize this perfectly, take masking tape, take blue painter's tape, and then basically take out an opportunity to map out how big that island works for you. Do you want it to go six feet? Do you want it to go four feet? Some kitchens only can only take about a two feet, maybe three feet island. But by doing that, visual um, activity really gets you to a point where you can know that this island is going to fit properly in your space.
0: Right. And depending on the size of the kitchen and the configuration, maybe you're saying 36 right to left, but you might be able to go longer. So a lot of people have an eating area in a kitchen. Now you can possibly get rid of the table and chairs and grow the island into the eating area so that that end of the island is strictly for eating. Uh, You can have, well, I did a kitchen one time where we integrated the island into a table that was a round butcher block. So it was a rectangular island, but then it flared. It was actually, it's hard to explain. I'm talking with my hands and you can't see me, but it was the table, the round table then integrated into the island, so the island actually wrapped, uh, it was wrapped around the round table for a little bit. So if you can picture that, and the table had a big, chunky pedestal base. So it really turned out beautiful. So I always say islands don't have to be square or rectangular. They can be unique, any size, any shape, right?
1: Exactly. Um, One of the biggest ones that we see is more of a trapezoid. Um, Mm -hmm. to get more kind of space in there most commonly you're going to see more of a rectangular um, with an overhang for eating or people a kid sitting down to do homework a landing space things like that but but shapes of islands are innumerable there you can have you can have an l shape things like that so
0: Um, I like odd-shaped things. I like practical things. But what I don't like is to have a long island and have people sitting facing you as you're between both countertop and island. And you have, I mean, I've seen it, you have 10 chairs lined up. That's like being at a diner diner nobody can talk to each other you can only talk to the person on the left and right of you but if you take that seating and you wrap it around to one end so that people are sitting in an l-shaped configuration you can at least have a conversation exactly so i try to avoid even though i've seen it in magazines and it's oh so cute they've got you know 10 chairs lined up they all match they look adorable but it's not practical so i might add that you know, you guys, when you're looking at magazines, don't always think that what you see in a magazine is the end-all and be-all. A lot of times, it's just for the photo shoot. It's It doesn't work. So you have to use what works. Now, Jason, we talked about 42-inch walkway, but it can be bigger.
1: It can. Depending upon um, the people living in the house, we want to make sure that it's comfortable for two or three people to be able to walk by. Uh, some cases that I typically start mine about 42 inches but we can go up to 48 just making sure that the the island is proportionate in that kitchen. We wouldn't want that island to be four or five feet outside of the kitchen just to accommodate um, that but I typically start at 42 and then go bigger as needed right. uh, based on the client.
0: Right. Now, if you're uh, planning on a forever home or if you have somebody in the house that uses a wheelchair, you might consider it 48 or maybe a couple of inches more, depending on the size of the wheelchair, because you don't want them to go through, block the whole walkway so that nobody else can pass by them, especially if they use the kitchen. Also, if you have a full door refrigerator or freezer, you want to be able to open the door and not hit the counter of the island, that would be a good idea, right? Of course. Another story, this is true. I was doing the countertops for somebody. He designed his kitchen, and I told him that he didn't have enough walkway space to work in the kitchen. It was tight, too tight. And I, by mistake, said, You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. And he said, I am a rocket scientist. And I went, Oh, well, can you just have a smaller island? And he insisted that he knew what he was doing. And we went to put the countertops on. He could not get the refrigerator in the kitchen because he didn't leave enough yeah. space. So plan ahead. Don't ever find that, you know, ooh, your refrigerator can't fit in there. You want to. I give you these stories because it it kind of makes people remember the mistakes of other people, and they shouldn't do it themselves. There so, is a fun
1: thing that I, that I learned is um, wise people learn from experience and super wise people learn from others' experiences. Oh,
0: exactly.
1: And okay. so when it comes down to it, I think going back to that that rule of thumb where you talked about taping uh, taking that blue tape right and, and putting it there. I think also it's a good idea to when you're planning out this to to measure the island or measure your appliance and then also talk about when you're going to get that that appliance through that door, making sure that the island isn't going to impede when you're talking. What, I'm actually doing a kitchen right now, an island right now where. Um, the major walkway from the front door to the back of the house um, you walk through there's a waiting like guess a little sitting area and then you walk past there's the pantry and then the kitchen starts on the right hand side. There is an island that's about uh, about seven feet long and then it, kind of bowls at the end for chairs to be around. Mm -hmm. The client wants to take this island out just a little bit to get more space between the range and the island, the sink. And so I, I mentioned to her. I said, if you're planning on doing an overhang where kids or people are going to sit down, this countertop is going to impede that major walkway that goes from the front door to the back family room. And so we've got to make sure that when when you're moving that kind of thing, you want to make sure that that walkway is not impeded, that you're not going to have any issues with a backpack coming in from a uh, from the garage right. um, and things like that. So. Those those things, taking those that cape um, and visualizing that walkway around is is, a, is brilliant. Is a brilliant idea.
0: Yeah, in our first series, um, a couple of weeks ago, part one, we talked about controlling traffic flow, and that's exactly what you're to- talking about. If you have something in the way of a walkway, you've got to get people to walk around it. And if you're working at the island, they're going to be in you're going to be in the way as they're walking through. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Another thing uh, about islands is heights. Years and years ago, people thought it was really cute to have different heights as far as sitting from a chair and eating at an island so they'd lower the countertop. And then somebody got the brilliant idea to have a raised area. I've measured some that are up as high as 48 inches. I mean, by the time you jump on the, um, on the stool, and then if you fall off, now, I can't get on a stool that, that I can reach for a 48. I don't think they even make them. 42 is about the highest. But these builders will throw a 45, 48-inch. I can barely see over it. It's not practical. And if you have little kids, they're really going to fall off the, the uh, stool, and they're going to hurt themselves. And a lot of older people don't like to climb on that either.
1: That that's ex- that's exactly what's in my single family home is I have a kid who is four two. My wife is four five four. I'm five seven on a good day. And so when we bought bar stools for our house that we, we purchased in 2020, um, we bought these bar stools and I myself looked like I was sitting at a table that was way too high. And so this this ledge this bar is way too high for my, for my family. We're not able to use it properly. And so when it comes down to it, um, those are kind of experiences that I do take in consideration um, when designing these islands. Yeah. Who's, who's using it?
0: Very tall people. Yeah. <laughs> of, of, uh, of the jobs that I'm doing right now, I've got three that have that situation and we're cutting it down. I don't know why, it's about 20 years ago that the builders decided, hey, this is a good division between the eating area and the kitchen. It blocks the mess of the kitchen. Well, my mantra is when you remodel your kitchen, it's so beautiful that yeah. mess can't make it look ugly. It even makes the mess look pretty, right?
1: There, there have been times where I've actually just recently uh, designed the invert of that so your standard cabinet height is about 34 and a half inches when you have your countertop it's 36 and so in some of the kitchens that i've just done i've actually created an opportunity where the countertop actually goes down to fit a standard dining chair so the countertop is is functioning as the working zone but then on one end the kids can actually sit right up against in a standard chair as a dining table, eating kid, eating breakfast in the morning before they go to school. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, it's okay to have the, the the countertop a little higher than the cooking space or whatever the, the function of that island, but kind of think about what's, what's the important aspect of what you want out of this island. And mm-hmm. so it, I did a, Uh, the inverse where I took it a little lower just to be able to bring kids in a standard chair up to that island. Mm
0: -hmm. A standard table height is 30 inches. So what you're talking about is the island or countertop for the rest of the kitchen is 36, and then the eating area you drop down to 30. So in my kitchen, my whole island is 30 inches above the floor. So that's table height because I am four foot ten. And so it makes sense to work at an island like a kitchen table where I, my shoulders aren't sticking up and you know it's very tiresome to work on a space, on a surface that's too high for you. So yeah. there's no rule that says, oh, you can't have a 30 inch island. What we're talking about today, Jason, is having it practical for the end user or for the person who's doing it themselves. Anything goes if it works for you. I want to say one more thing, generally speaking about an island. It could either be stationary or on wheels, but if you do put it on wheels, use locking wheels. The last thing you want is to have this island go... Running through the kitchen, you know, when you can't catch it. <laughs> like if a child is leaning on the island and all of a sudden it goes somewhere. So the yeah. locking wheels are important. Most of the islands I do, though, are stationary. Yeah. Let's talk about function. There's so many reasons for using an island. Uh, one of them is just having a work island, just having yeah. a landing space where there's nothing except pure countertop, and you can use it... Oh, for buffets. That's a great buffet area, too. So um, I do want to talk about appliances first, and we did talk about appliances last week, but I want to talk about Monogram appliances. Monogram offers intelligent appliances. They have an app that goes with those appliances, and a couple of weeks ago I did a podcast with Darren Renson. He is the rep for Monogram, and he goes into a lot of what's going on with uh, the heating surfaces or the cooking appliances that they have. but you can check on this smart appliance. but I will remind you you can't have a smart appliance app on your phone without having smart appliances. It just doesn't work. It, you know and that was one of my stupid questions when I first got. It. It's like, hey, I have an appliance, an existing appliance, but it's, how do I know if it's smart? Well, it usually isn't if it's older than a couple of years. So you've got to get the smart appliances, get the smart app, and then it works together and you'll find out how convenient it is. And also they update the apps so that you're constantly having new stuff on that app. And I understand that they're downloading a lot of recipes, so that's good to know. So you want to learn more about uh, Monogram and their app? Go to monogram.com. And if you have a showroom by your home or if you don't have to travel too far, especially with the prices of gas, go to the showroom. Ask as many questions as you can. Ask to see the appliances. And if they have working kitchens, that's even better. So go to monogram.com to learn more about those appliances. Okay. Going from the... Working island to sinks and cooktops, I do have people who go, I don't want to see anything on the island. I just want it to be pure, simple countertop. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I typically ask my clients when I'm designing an island, how is it going to function for them? And so you can put a prep sink in there. You can put a regular standard sink in there. I do have clients that are like, I don't want anything, no holes at all on my countertop. Um, and so they want it to be purely just a landing zone, a place to be able to roll out cookie dough or bread doughs um, and things like that. So it really comes down to the, to the individual of how they want to function around this island. I've done it with sinks. I've done it with cooktops and um, and things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, too, if you're going to put a sink or a cooktop in your island, and I'm working on a job where we're going to have both, you want to make sure that you have enough space behind the sink and the cooktop so that if you do have a sitting area, the people don't get splashed when you're washing dishes and you don't have cooking oil on you when they're cooking so you can back cabinets back to back so typically the cabinets are 24 inches deep now if you have a big kitchen if you have the size i would suggest that you put storage cabinets back to back so that you can take whatever 24 18 15 12 inch deep cabinets back them to the back of the uh cabinets with the sink and then That's great for storage, for stuff that you're not going to use often. And then have your overhang. So what you're doing is pushing the people that are sitting at the island watching you cook away from you so that they're not in your face and they can't get burned possibly or get wet. So do you find that more practical?
1: I do. And I think the biggest thing that I I take in consideration is um, if you have a a sink um, in the island, you typically have a pony wall that will be between behind the the cabinet of the sink base or the base set. And so all your plumbing will go through that, that pony wall. And then you can do a 12 inch cabinet full height door and then a seat. Um, overhang, which is about 12 12 inches. You can go a little wider depending upon a longer, depending upon um, supporting and things like that. But you definitely, I, I would recommend making sure that there's enough space between an appliance or a function on that island, just to make sure that kids' homework isn't gonna get wet by you doing dishes. Or right. grease going in the air.
0: Yeah. Be practical. Islands are great. You know, they serve many, many purposes. But you have to plan ahead. Uh, the Now, well, let's talk about the aesthetics. An island doesn't necessarily have to be the same cabinet that you're using for the perimeter. Have you been doing multicolors?
1: I have. Um, the biggest thing that we've seen in the last couple of years, we've seen a white perimeter, and we've seen a wood-stained island. Um, you can do colors. You can do stains. Um, it just actually gives a little bit more depth, a little bit more texture to the kitchen. And so if you have an all-white kitchen, which isn't that, it's just, it, to me, sometimes it falls flat. Um, and so when it comes down to the aesthetics, I do like to do a fun color. If a client has a bright red wall or a bright blue wall, being able to tie a unique um, color to an island actually kind of makes the kitchen sparkle or shine a little bit more. Yeah. Um and so there have been kitchens where it has been the same cabinetry throughout the entire thing. I've done it where you've had your your uppers, one color, and all the bases being another one. It just adds a little bit more, kind of uniqueness, a little bit more character um, and becomes a little bit more personalized to that client.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to use a different color, you can also use a different style door on your island. You can also use a piece of antique furniture. Or you can use a table, a wooden antique table. Sky's the limit. But if you're going to use cabinetry and it's different than the perimeter, you can take the opportunity and use a totally different countertop So the perimeter has one countertop. I started doing this 20 years ago. Maybe I shouldn't date myself. But if you go to nancyhugo.com, on my website, I have a kitchen that, well, it's traditional, but the perimeter is more of a glazed cream color, and the countertop matches that. But then the island is a honed black and then the countertop is a very busy, colorful with a lot of black granite. So you yeah. can mix those, but you I wouldn't suggest taking two patterns of two different kinds of granite and putting one on the perimeter and one on the island. That's like yeah. I'm just not into dresses with polka dots and then stripes, all in the same pattern. So, you know, it's like it's like using your clothes, you know, to match. Yeah.
1: And I think the biggest thing when I, when I, when I do it is my perimeter is usually a, um, a subtle quartz mm-hmm. and then the island is a striking granite or a striking marble um, just to kind of give that punch. I mean, when, when you, we're going to talk a little bit later about lighting, but the important thing about it is that, is it going to give that dimension or that pack a punch? Um, because having the same kind of, wow factor granite going throughout that entire kitchen when you're doing something like that, it just becomes cumbersome. It doesn't it doesn't read properly. Yeah. So doing a perimeter countertop in a subtle pattern, whether it be a quartz or a very, very simple granite, but then pulling in a, a striking vein of a, of a granite for the island is, is by far one of the best things to be able to create depth, but also be able to create... Um, the conversation piece while you're gathering around it. Right.
0: And if you listen to us long enough, you're going to hear the word focal point. So what we're talking about is making that island the focal point. If you don't do something special, you've got to have a focal point somewhere. So if you have a interesting hood with a tile be, behind the cooktop, maybe that's your focal point. Uh, there are several kitchens I've done where the island is the main thing. People can yeah. walk. You want somebody to walk in, and say, wow, this is a great kitchen. You don't want them to go home and say, hey, did they do something in that kitchen? You want them to remember that. You know, you spend all that money. You want to do something that's very memorable, functional, aesthetic, and gorgeous. Like, is yes. it magazine quality? Hey, Jason, Definitely. you want to talk about lighting? I know that's your expertise.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the the things I talk to my clients about is Are they looking at, number one, task lighting? I mean, a pendant can be classified as task lighting. It could also be classified as general lighting. It could be the only thing that's available for that island to be lit up properly. And so I typically like to layer light, having can lights as your general light, and then your pendant lighting being your task, but also your kind of the icing on the cake. Right. Um, And so... I, I asked them, is there a specific color that they like? Do they want to go with glass? Do they want to go with more of a, a, a catchy, more of a, a themed lighting? Um, but the important part about it is making sure that whatever lights you use in that, um, in that island or those pendants um, are going to be substantial enough to be able to light the function. And so... If you have a really long island, I typically um, go with two oversized pendants. If I have a small, then I go with one small kind of medium-sized pendant. And so I don't like even numbers, um, and that's just my personal, I don't like even numbers of pendant lights. I typically try to do odd. Mm -hmm. um it just makes it look a little bit more kind of thought out same thing with chairs or or bar stools that are around making sure that they are odd numbered three five it just kind of completes the look a little bit better than a an, an even number of of things um but i typically ask uh do they want glass do they want to see the ball um, do they want more of a shade? Do they want more of a lantern? It just allows you to be able to to create the theme or the, the overall aesthetic of the room by just asking those questions. What type of light? Um, what kind of function are you going to be doing around this island?
0: Mm-hmm. And what is the height that should be between the countertop and the bottom of the fixture?
1: I typically try to go between 30 and 36. Um, mm-hmm. That just gives enough... So you're not standing there talking to someone on the other side and you have a, a, a light right in front of you.
0: I don't have that problem.
1: Uh, I, I've had some pretty tall clients, but I've also had some pretty small clients too. And so 36 inches is usually the highest I'll go. Um, but in some cases it could go up to 40.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, but standards usually about 30 to 36.
0: I did several uh, kitchens and remodeling for athletes, and they're quite tall. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, I did uh, the cabinetry for, oh, I don't want to mention his name. such a sweet guy. But the bathrooms were all at 42 high. Um, Years ago, bathroom vanities were at 30 inches high. And then several years ago, we all decided, even me, I find myself more comfortable with 36 in the bathroom. But this particular person... At forty-two, because you have to take into consideration your client or yourself. If you're doing it for your home, you have to figure out what's comfortable for you. You know, yeah. if you're six foot eight, 36 inches is not going to cut it. You're no. going to get backaches.
1: One thing about about lighting again, um, if it's a working island such as a a, a stove or a cooktop in the island. Do not put linen shades over an island um, of a a working stove island. When you think about all the grease and all of the stuff coming out of a pan, just imagine cleaning that linen shade. Uh, Typically go with something that's going to be a little easier to clean um, because if not, you're just going to have a big mess with spaghetti sauces going up and hitting or just grease in
0: general. Yeah. When you have a cooktop on an island, we always suggest that you, of course, have ventilation. You can either do a downdraft, but your best ventilation is an updraft. Get a very beautiful hood. They're available. Put them over your cooktop. And they usually have LED lights in those hoods. So you have to figure out. Okay, I've got a hood hanging over my island. What kind of light am I lighting? Am I going to use? So there's, yes. you know, for people out there who think this is easy, it's not. It takes a lot of time, thought, consideration, knowledge to put all this together. But we're trying to help you. If you're going to do it yourself, or again, like I said, if you're going to remodel your kitchen, it's best that you know a lot of what's going on, uh, so that you can. Talk intelligently to your contractor. So what else? What have we missed?
1: Um, I think kind of looking at um, some of the things that we've that we've kind of looked that we've talked about in the past, um, keeping the seating area out of the workspace. Um, I think those are one of the kind of key points. You, know, Don't you, have... you made a
0: good point. I have seen pictures where they put the seats in the work area. I mean, why? I don't know. Not practical. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. saying, excuse me while I wash my dish? Can you put your chair in? Can you just (laughs) get up so I can get past here? Yeah. Uh, You want people to sit at your island and converse with you, maybe while you're cooking or cleaning or whatever. And you want them out of the way. We talked about traffic flow. And the same thing with seating at an island. It's like, you want to watch me, but stay out of my way. Yeah. All right. That's exactly the, my the wife is.
1: I do not get in the kitchen when she's baking. She, uh, she has her plan of her walking pattern. If I'm in it, she will run me right over. <laughs> um, and so those are the kind of key things that I typically ask is is I have that consultation with my client. And so when you're planning on doing a kitchen remodel, Think about the function of you standing there. What do you want in this island? How is it going to affect you? Um, But also keep in mind about little kids running around, keeping in mind about when you're in the zone of baking cookies, is someone going to get in your way?
0: Well, they will, and they want to be right in the middle, too. I want to talk about Studio 41 because we're talking about remodeling, and they have the greatest selection of plumbing fixtures, whether it's kitchen or bathroom. I know we're talking about islands right now, but they have great showrooms. They also have the best selection of cabinet hardware, and, of course, you're going to need that. So if you want to go on their website, you can go to shopstudio41.com. Uh, they have 15, I didn't realize they had this many, but they have 15 showrooms in Illinois, and we are lucky to have one in Scottsdale, and that's the source that I use. It's right in the Scottsdale main area for uh, all the, with all the stores that I go to. Um, so you want to go to shopstudio41.com if you are not in the area with their showrooms. They're unbelievable showrooms. They're beautiful. So, you know, I don't want to talk about what we're going to cover in our next part three, but I hope everybody is taking all of this information seriously because we're trying to help you. And if you have any questions that you have for Jason or myself, you can email me at at nancyhugo.com. I think between Jason and I, we have enough experience to answer any question you might have. And heck, I have done more kitchens um, and bathrooms, but and it's fun, don't you? Don't you feel that you get instant gratification when you complete a kitchen design?
1: Of course, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, I look at past projects and I think about the family meals, the family gatherings, the events that happen around them, and I, I think about. How much their quality of life has improved because of the the knowledge and the the importance of of dedicating my personal time in helping them be able to improve their lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure and you so, do this too, but when I design a kitchen, I put myself in the kitchen, I and do. I think, okay, I'm standing at the sink. What can I have on the left and right side? Where do I want the dishes, the glasses? Um, Where do I want the pots and pans? How do I want people to walk around? What kind of appliances? And so it actually becomes personal for us. Mm -hmm. I get a a real kick out of seeing the kitchen that I imagined. Uh, Luckily, I have the ability to walk into a room and picture what the finished product looks like. And then I explain why I'm doing it. I'm sure you do the same thing. And then, voila, it becomes the finished project. And I get excited.
1: Yeah, I, I oftentimes get asked, "I bet your house is so pretty," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, not yet. We're gonna work on that." But I think uh, looking at some of these final projects, it 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 makes me happy knowing that they're happy. And I do I do put myself in those situations at the beginning where I'm visualizing myself standing at the at the island, entertaining a, a family friend, uh, or having my kids do homework at the end or or just the gathering spots so mm-hmm. those are those are the the rewards
0: mm-hmm. i've often asked people i've gone back after the kitchen was completed hey, six months eight months and i go back and say well is there anything you don't want to hear this but is there anything that you would have changed and it just feels so good for them to say no everything works perfect and you go oh yeah. good i did a good job yeah. The last thing we want to hear is, you know, why did you do this? Why'd you... I've never heard that, and I don't ever. So it's easier to work on paper or CAD or whatever before you start building because then you can change things. It's easier to erase than to rebuild.
1: Yes. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. So even if you're doing it yourself, think about it. Don't just jump in there. Worst thing you can do, and I've... people did this years ago, they would tear out everything. They're do-it-yourselfers. Okay, let me tear this out. Now, okay, they didn't order what? their cabinets yet. Or, yeah. yeah, you've got to get your lead time. Mm-hmm. Especially since we're going through that supply chain problem that we have. Plan ahead and order appliances as soon as you can. They're still on a six-month, 12-month lead time. Cabinetry is all over the place, right? Yep. And... Uh, Fixtures, plumbing fixtures, they could be all over the place. Hopefully it will get better soon, but I don't see any, anything happening right away. So plan ahead, draw it out. If you have to, put the blue tape on the floor, play with the island. Hopefully we have been um, helpful to you in your project. Any Definitely. last words, Jason?
1: No, I I, I mean, I, I, my, I guess my thoughts to to anyone that's wanting to do this is to really take some time, search inspiration photos, pull out items that they are dead set on having, but also know that when when we get to a point of implementation, things can change, Um, sizing differences. You might end up ordering a, a cabinet, but it might come in incorrectly or things like that. But just know that as you're in these planning stages, Think about all of those little things that you would love to have in an island and then talk to a professional about making sure that that can actually be done.
0: Yes, the good point is that professionals can answer your questions or they can solve your problems. Uh, you're not alone in this. Uh, last week we talked about appliances and we talked about uh, space function. So, same thing goes with everything in the kitchen. You have your heart set on a 48-inch range, but there's no way you can fit it in the kitchen. Well, maybe you have your heart set on a huge island, but you have to work with the space you have. Unless you have rubber walls, you know, there's, we can't make the space bigger. So Jason, Definitely. thank you again. We're having fun doing this. I hope everybody's having fun listening to us. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends. You might have a friend who's going to remodel his kitchen, probably doesn't know where to start, and you can help him or tell him to listen to these. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. You can see some of the projects that I've done over the years, even though I have to admit that I haven't updated my website in uh, several years and i gotta do that and if you have any questions for jason or myself you can go to nancy at or you can send them i'm sorry to nancy at nancyhugo.com. jason you have a website
1: um i don't at the moment i'm actually kind of in the process of getting things up and running but i mm-hmm. am on socials so uh, jason f miller so
0: yeah yeah so as soon as we finish building the island and the kitchen we work on your website
1: Of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. Stay safe, everybody, and have a great day. Bye, Jason.
1: Thank you.